Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. You're in marriage counseling with your spouse, but maybe it's not going exactly like you expected. As a matter of fact, maybe it seems to be making things worse instead of better. If that's the case, is there a solution? Well, there is, and we'll share that with you in just a few moments. This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International, hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert, Dr. Joe Beam, and CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research-based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and click the bell to turn on notifications. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio. I'm Dr. Joe Beam with MH International, and this is Kimberly Holmes, who is working on her doctorate at this very moment, and also our leader. She's the CEO of our organization. So, Kimberly, you actually went through an MFT program, Marriage and Family Therapy, at your master's level. And so you saw a lot about marriage counseling, not just from having to go to one, like most people see, but actually being the marriage counselor yourself. You did some of that counseling. What do you think are some of the strengths and weaknesses of those counseling? So I believe that there's great things that can come from marriage counseling. But the number one thing that people really need to understand is that marriage and family therapists, licensed professional counselors, they are humans too. And they bring their own biases into the counseling sessions. They make errors. They have their own beliefs about things. It's not always very clear cut. You're not going to get the same experience from one counselor to the next. There is a lot of it that is, that really is more of that art. So if a couple is going to go to a marriage counselor together, then it really is most effective the earlier in the marriage to where they, the counselor can help them be on the same page about things, help them navigate difficult conversations. That's a strength of it. It can also be a great way to stay up to date, so to stay, so to say on enriching your marriage, going for those tweaks for those just little things that you need to figure out. It can be great. The weaknesses, however, is that marriage counselors a lot of times don't understand, and this might sound crazy, but they don't really know how to handle deep crisis issues within a couple. And the reason for that is because typically once a marriage gets to the point where one person is wanting out or both people are wanting out, then When they go together to a counselor, there's one person who doesn't want to listen. There's one person who has a different, a different goal for why they're in counseling. And that becomes an ethical issue for the counselor because the counselor 
has to decide who is the client. Mm. Is the person who set up the session the client, the person who's wanting to save the marriage? Is the marriage the client? And therefore, depending on who they see as the client and who they're trying to help make happy is going to totally change how they conduct those sessions. There's so much to go into in all of that that I I don't know if we want to or if we have the time to. But the bottom line of it is that one of the reasons that counseling can be so ineffective when couples are in the middle of a crisis is because you don't have both people on the same page and the counselor is only able to really work with the one willing person. Mm-hmm. And it can go either way. It can go either way. It's easier. I just said this to someone the other day. I understand why counselors look at the couple sitting across from them and saying, maybe it's just better if you divorce. Mm-hmm. I don't agree at all, but, but I understand mm-hmm. because it's easier. Well, definitely it is easier. You know, I have found that counselors, well-trained counselors, and again, as in any profession, there are people who are outstanding, people who are mediocre, and people who shouldn't be in that profession. I mean, that's every profession on the planet, whatever it might be. And the ones that are really good are typically very good at helping people deal with the past when it comes to their own trauma, like childhood issues, previous relationship issues, etc. But as you said, it takes a real art, not just a science, but an art to help people deal with the problem that's going on right now. Because typically, each wants to tell you his or her side. And as you're listening to that, sometimes you can become very biased because you're a human being. And Kimberly, we hear it all the time. As a matter of fact, a very well-known marriage counselor has on his website that if I help you split up, then I still consider that to be successful marriage counseling. We also know other marriage counselors that tell people, well, hmm, I'll actually split you up for a while. We're going to do a directive separation. You go over there. You go over there. Uh, I'll work with each of you individually for a few months and then tell you when to get back together. Well, mm-hmm. I recently did a video about that. Should we try separation? That's on our YouTube channel. And I would suggest that you get to that because I explained a lot of things about that there. But if you're hearing what Kimberly and I are saying, it's the fact that the marriage counselor may be awesome But typically that's when the counselor sees the marriage as the client, as opposed to either husband or wife being the client. So Kimberly, Mm -hmm. is that ridiculous to think of it that way? No, it's not. Some of the listeners listening may be thinking, why wouldn't every marriage counselor see the marriage as the client? And the reason is because if I have two people in my office where one of them is wanting out, let's just say in this case, it's the wife and the husband is trying to make it work. Well, if I see the marriage as the client, then I have to let them know that up front. Mm -hmm. Everything I do, and I have to get their buy-in to -hmm. an extent, get their buy-in of here's my goal for you. I want to help you save this marriage. Well, if the wife says, no, that's not what I want. Ethically, I can't force her to do something she doesn't want to do. And so I'm at a loss at that point. So that's why a lot of times counselors will start, they'll do one session with the first session with both. And then they'll do one session with just the wife, one session with just the husband, and then see what they should do going forward from there. Because in those two separate sessions, they're going to hear the truth coming out from each person and what they want. And then the counselor, because of the ethics of the American Psychological Association, those are the ethics that I'm talking about. Because of those ethics, the counselor has to decide who they see as the client. And that's where it gets tricky. And that's where 
your hands get tied and you're less, you're less able to do some really effective things when one person has no desire because you can't make them. And therefore, one of our clients once told us that the counselor said to her, she was the wife. Well, since your husband feels that he's in love with this other woman, I see you, the wife, as being the quote, other woman. I'm going to help him with that relationship because that's where he wants to be right now and help you exit this relationship. And we've even heard of, of marriage counselors on the first session telling couples, well, obviously your problems are huge. So I'll tell you what I can help you do. I'll help you figure out your exit strategy so you guys can just end this marriage. Now, are we saying that a marriage should never end? No, we're not saying that. But we're saying that most marriages, as a matter of fact, far beyond what most people imagine, actually not only are salvageable, but can be made good again. And so, Kimberly, at the end, let's tell them about coaching. Now, we're not trying to put your marriage counselors down, and we certainly wouldn't try to take you away from your marriage counselor because that is unethical on our part, and we won't do that. But if you want to talk to us about how to deal with one of our coaches, they do a quite different approach than our counselors do. We have other ways that are different than counseling as well. So we're not putting counseling down, but we're saying if you're facing it and it's not working, that does not mean that the situation is impossible. It may be you have the wrong situation here. Maybe the wrong person is helping you. Maybe the wrong emphasis is being made. But that doesn't mean the marriage is hopeless. So, Kimberly, uh, what else would you like to say about this before we take a couple of questions that people have sent in about it? The other thing to realize is a lot of times people don't go to a counselor as a couple. They'll go one or the other. Mm -hmm or maybe both of them go see different counselors. And we see a lot or hear a lot of the people who contact us that they went personally to a counselor, was telling their counselor about their marriage, about what was going on. And their counselor without ever meeting the spouse would then either diagnose the spouse or give their input as what they thought their client should do about their marriage, which they're not supposed to do, number one, but they do because going back to what I said at the beginning, they're biased. I, I know people who have personally had affairs as marriage counselors, divorced their spouses and continued being marriage counselors. How do you think they are going to react when someone comes into their office and that's what they're, and that's what they're saying? Should I stay with my spouse or go? I'm having an affair. I feel like I'm in love with this other person. Well, they're going to be thinking of what they did. Mm -hmm. And either if it's subconscious or, or whatever, they may be trying to, to justify their actions, or maybe they're just wanting this person to be happy. A lot of counselors now are saying, I just want my clients to be happy, but they're making, they're helping their clients make decisions yeah. on what's making them happy in the moment. So those are other things that you really have to consider. My rule of thumb is if you are sitting in your counselor's office and you don't feel peace about what they're telling you, if there's any point where something just doesn't feel right, you start feeling queasy and you realize they're talking bad about your spouse, they're speaking ill of your marriage, you need to find a new counselor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And bias exists in everyone. I don't care who it is. Everybody has some bias. And like you said, if I've done this, then my bias is, well, this is what you should do too. Right? Well, let's answer a couple of questions about this and, uh, and see what we can come up here with what people are facing right now. My husband wants a divorce after his affair with my best friend. We are currently in marriage counseling, but he says he's only there for me to have time to process the end of our marriage. He told me that he intends to be with his affair partner after we're done with counseling. Is there any point for us to continue marriage counseling after what he said to me? 
So this is one of those issues we were just talking about where you have both people going, but one of them is completely disengaged. So her question here is, does it help to continue going to counseling? I don't want to give a hard no, because I think there's some questions that she needs to ask herself, such as number one, what is the counselor's view on marriage? Hmm. That's the most important thing. Is the counselor saying, I want to help you save your marriage? Or is the counselor saying your husband needs to do what makes him happy? So, for example, if the marriage counselor is saying to you, well, since he's definitely going to leave, my job here is just to both help you find some peace and healing so that the exit can be nicer and not with great uh, animosity between the two of you. Then I'm with Kimberly saying, well, why should you continue? Why, why mm -hmm. pay money? Now, if that's important to you and you just want peace to end the marriage, okay, it's worth the money to pay a counselor to help you do that. But if you're really striving to save the marriage, then my recommendation, and I think Kimberly says, well, we'll see in a moment, would be, well, why continue with that counselor if he or she is continuing to help you head in a path that you don't want to go on? in a direction that you don't want to go ahead. I mean, if that's happening, then why continue counseling? But if the counselor is still being objective and still seeing the, the marriage as the client, in that case, the counselor is going to be asking, hopefully, some good questions, getting both of you to think about a lot of things about now and in the future, not just the past, but now and in the future, which, by the way, is what we'll talk about at the very end. Looking toward the future can be a whole lot more effective than trying to deal with the past if you want to put this thing back together. So, Kimberly, mm -hmm. our consensus is if the counselor is helping you try to save the marriage, even if husband is not interested right now, it could be worth your while to continue if you're making any progress at all. But mm -hmm. if your counselor is kind of helping you end the thing, then you have to decide if that's worth the money you're spending on that. Am I representing you as well as myself when I say that? Yes. The other thing I would add is I would ask the counselor, have you ever dealt with this situation huh. successfully? And realize the counselor is not going to be able to give you specifics, but you're just trying to get an idea of what's your, what's your track record here. Mm -hmm. And don't be surprised if it's not a lot, because a lot of counselors don't know how to deal with this specific situation. Sure. You know, as well as I do, Joe, that many counselors don't understand affairs. They understand affairs happen in a marriage, but they don't understand what we understand of how affairs form, how they can end, what happens when a person is, is in an affair and how to counsel through that. And so that is what makes what we do at Marriage Helper so effective and complementary to people who have a great counselor. Exactly. We have people all the time who, mm -hmm. if they have clients in that situation, they know the best thing to do is get them in our workshop because in our workshop, the spouse who's in the affair is going to be able to hear things differently than he would be able or she would be able to hear them in the individual mm -hmm. or, you know, two on one counseling right. session that can make huge difference. So yes, I agree. If you're seeing progress and if the counselor is on board, stay. But the only thing I would add is I still recommend that you get to our workshop because we know it's highly effective for situations 
just like yours. And forgive us if that sounds like a commercial, but you have to believe we're passionate about what we do. And we have seen so much success. And there are a number of counselors around America who now send their clients to us for three days. And we can help them. Well, as many clients, uh, actually, as many counselors have said to us, you help move my clients ahead about six months in the three-day period. And so we're not saying this to be anti counselor in order to try to take you away from your counselor. And if you don't want to come to our workshop, that's your business. But I'm invited to speak to counseling groups all around America who don't understand as much about affairs as we do and helping them understand things and watch the lights go off. Yes, that makes sense. I see that now just because we have a lot of experience with that. But Kimberly, our next question is actually kind of a sad question in a way. So let's let's go on to that one. The therapist created a narrative of me being the problem in my partner's life. They falsely diagnosed me, sight unseen, as literally mentally disabled by anxiety. The therapist has convinced my spouse that I was completely responsible for ruining their life. How should I handle this situation when trying to save my marriage? It breaks my heart to hear a question like that for many reasons, but one of which is that it happened to me. My wife, Alice, and I were married for 15 years, and then we were divorced for three, and then we remarried way back in 1987 and been married ever since then and are very happily married to each other. But after three years of divorce getting back together, Alice felt she needed to talk to someone, and so she went to see a counselor and came back after the first session with that counselor. He had not yet me at all and said, based on the fact of of the history that you had, that we had that led to our problems, he says, I should divorce you right now because you're going to put us in bankruptcy and a whole lot of other bad things. And I should have never gotten back in and should get out right away. Never met me. Told her that. If you're thinking, wow, Alice must have really been putting you down for him to come to that conclusion. Actually, she wasn't. She was just telling what had happened previously, some of the situation that we had been into so he could understand. So she wasn't complaining. She wasn't even saying that's what I'm like now. She was just telling what had led to our divorce. And he instantly said, you should divorce him. You should have not married him again. But Kimberly, since you've been trained in marriage counseling, you have a master's degree in psychology. You're working on your Ph.D. How ethical is that? Literally not. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all ethical. First of all, it's her decision. And so for someone to say, here's what you should do when they don't have to face the consequences of the actions that are going to occur from what they say is unethical. If he wants to say, here's some things you should consider, make sure that you set up, you know, that safety protections around this, like around your finances and things like that. That's one thing. But to say, first of all, this is boggling my mind. You already remarried and he's saying you should divorce right after just remarried. He's not saying let's help you reconcile. No, his vision is off. He needs to go back and understand what he went into for a living. I asked for a meeting with him and he would not meet with me. I met with his supervisor who basically didn't give me any satisfaction at all. She just kept saying, I hear you. I hear you. But never, ever gave me any satisfaction by saying, yes, he was wrong. And so that that really upset me tremendously. But we run across it all the time. A lady called me on one of our call-in shows one time and said, well, my therapist said my, my spouse has a narcissistic personality disorder. To which I replied, well, how many sessions did your therapist have with your spouse before making that diagnosis? To which she replied, well, my therapist has never met my husband. 
So I replied, run, run. Not only is it unethical, this person doesn't have a clue what he or she is talking about. Run away. And so when I read this here and you say, my therapist is doing that. Now, the question she's asking is my husband's therapist is convincing him I have a mental disorder. Never met me, doesn't know anything about me. I've never been diagnosed as having that kind of disorder. But this person is telling my husband that. And then her question was this, how do I deal with that? The only way you can deal with that when you're the the one who has no control over the therapist or the person is to continue being the person you are, being kind and loving and understand you don't have to believe what they are saying about you. So demonstrate that what the counselor is saying is wrong. Be consistent Mm -hmm. in your demonstration of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. That if that doesn't work, then what? If that doesn't work, another option that you have, and again, all of this is circumstantial, so you have to consider everything going on, but another option is to talk to your spouse about it. Right. Hey, I understand Mm -hmm. this is what you're you're telling me your therapist is saying about me, Mm -hmm. but do you realize that, number one, therapist can't do that. She's never met me. Number two, I've never had that done for me. I've never been told that I have a mental disorder or anything. And, and, and. No one would call it a mental disorder, not even a counselor. So (laughs) that is not the way you're supposed to refer to it. (laughs) I agree. And so ask the spouse, would you please change counselors? I'm not asking you not to counsel, and I'm happy for you to deal with whatever issues you have going to counseling. But I ask that you go to one that's not going to be making judgments about me. Now, there's always the possibility here, Kimberly, that husband is not telling the truth. That husband's coming back and and. Repeating not what the counselor said, but some mean things because he wants his wife to be hurt or wants his wife to leave him or to justify the fact that he's leaving her. So it may not actually be being said by the counselor. So that's why if you ask him to change counselors, hopefully he will. If not, then you can ask for a meeting with the counselor yourself and ask your spouse's permission. You know, I'll need your permission if I'm going to talk to your counselor. Otherwise, your counselor won't see me if he or she has any ethics whatsoever. And you can sit down with a counselor and ask the question, are you saying this about me? Is this your diagnosis of me? And if indeed the counselor says, yes, that is true, then you can say, I intend for you to stop that because you know that's not ethical and it's not professional. And so I need your word right now that you won't talk like that with my husband again. Help him, but quit attacking me. And if your counselor refuses that. Now, remember, you've only met with that counselor with your husband's permission. Don't go without your husband's permission. But if that meeting doesn't work, then you have a couple of options. Either you just live with it or you let your husband know to see if he's going to be hurt or angry. If you do it, you can actually go to the licensing board of your particular state and file a complaint against the counselor for his or her behavior. But don't do that if your husband's telling you not to, unless Getting the counselor to have to answer for what he or she did is more important to you than trying to save the marriage. If trying to save the marriage is more important to you, you may just have to suffer what that that person did and move on. But as Kimberly said, the real key is going to be consistently demonstrating that you are not the person that the counselor is allegedly saying that you are. That's right. Because that's all you can control. The only thing you can control is you and your behavior. Okay. All right. Well, let's summarize what we've said today. We're running out of time and we'll get to that in just a moment. And Kimberly's going to kind of give the, uh, the, the key takeaways of what we talked about today. 
First key takeaway is to remember and realize that when you're looking at getting marriage counseling, then it is great, number one, that you have decided that you need to get help with something. There is no shame in that. In fact, it is healthy for you to do. But realize that counselors are all different. They're trained differently. They follow different methods, so to say. And so you really want to make sure that you're finding a therapist who is pro-marriage. And when you go to them is going to see the marriage as the client. Number two, you can quit a therapist. You do not have to stay with them. You can find someone who you feel is really good at what they do that is going to approve and be encouraging about your spouse and your marriage. And as soon as you feel like they are otherwise, then move on. You need to surround yourself with people who are going to be pro you. Now, that doesn't mean that your therapist may not point things out and ask you questions to get you to consider things. But when they start outwardly saying statements, mm, you want to really make sure that you find someone who who's going to be on your side and on your marriage's side. And then the third key takeaway is no matter what happens with counseling, if your spouse is going to a counselor, any of those things, the biggest thing that you can do right now, if counseling is work is working or isn't working, is continue working on being the best that you can be because you can't control what's going on in your marriage. You can't control your spouse's behaviors or reactions, but you can control yourself. So do those things. In the show notes, we will link to some YouTube videos or previous podcast episodes that we've had that you can dig deeper into how to do that. It's a process that we call the pies of attraction. And we will have all of the links for you to follow to get more information on that in the show. Notes. And you may wish to talk to one of our coaches. Uh, we mentioned a little earlier, our coaches don't dig back into the past. Our coaches help you to figure out where to go from here. What's next? What's the next thing that we can do? And you can find our coaches by seeing what's on your screen right now or calling What's that telephone number, Kimberly? I can never remember. You can call this number. 866-903-0990. And we'd love to have you talk to one of our coaches. And and uh, they, well, actually, if you call that number, you'll talk to one of our client representatives who can then set you up with one of our coaches. So the person that answers that number is not a coach, but a person that will help you understand what resources we have and can set you up with a coach if you want to talk to one of our coaches who are trained to care for the marriage as the client, who will care about you, who will care about your spouse. Never say anything negative about either one of you. Uh, never. And we'll always try to help you figure out what's the best path forward. So thank you for coming to Relationship Radio. But let me tell you what the next episode is going to be about. What do you do if your spouse says that he or she doesn't love you? Do you give up? Do you fight hard for your marriage? What? do you do? Well, there's a better way to deal with this than giving up or fighting. We'll show you what that is on the next Relationship Radio. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. If you would like immediate help for your marriage situation, then click on the link on the screen to schedule a free marriage strategy call with one of our team members. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.